There it is. We got. I mean, just just mm -hmm. a quick note, guys. Yeah. If you're gonna watch these videos, you will not find any loot because Sim stole it all. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, dude. We have been like this show has been going for not even what five minutes or something now. And hey, you oh you god, you dude. had the embers going. I, I just even know took the opportunity. <laughs> wow, dude. That was, I mean, that might have been like probably one of your more epic uh, ninja loot references. I, I got to give you a, a hammer up. Not because it's true, just because it was well played. There had always been an order to things. This had remained true both on Sanctus and on Vera. There was no reward without risk. This was a fact all Cinderborn knew before walking through the portals. Still, there would be those who would do all they could to mitigate that risk and avoid the chance to lose their dreams, and in that, their own purpose. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Armored Cell. Greetings. Also welcome back your Favorite murder slash cozy slash cozy murder slash murder cozy. Bunny Faisal. Greetings. <laughs> Everybody, you can see we are down a Pathfinder. Unfortunately, Dayless wasn't able to be here today. He's not feeling great, but we're sending him a bunch of good vibes. We should see him next week uh, for the, uh, the next Pathfinder podcast. But before we dig into this one, uh, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, which is over at asheshq.com, the community curated web website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Speaking of this show, if you want to do us a solid, you can go over to the pin post on Twitter. And that is over at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Look at the pin post at the top. Click on the iTunes review, or actually the iTunes link with the, all the other links to podcast places. Give us five stars. Leave us some love. Comment. We will read it here live on the show. Speaking of the show, you can call in to this show. Leave us a voice message over at 1-539-664-6801. And uh, you can also shoot some mail over to us at ashespathfinders.gmail.com. That Pathfinder grunt will get us the stuff and things, well, probably at some point in the near future. I know that the time difference on Vera and here on Earth is quite different. In fact, they may not even be in the same realm of creation, but that's a whole different conversation. Friends, Knights of the Phoenix, we are recruiting. It's a community-based guild, spearhead of this community um, for all things Ashes of Creation, but also, more importantly, just for, well, the greater community. That's what we do. We, we were recruiting for community first, guild second. So if you're interested, shoot me a DM on Discord, or you can join us over at discord.gg forward slash samorg to catch up with everybody here. Now, friends... Ashes HQ has been rocking along. We've got you a couple new videos. We've actually did one on immersion. 
So I'll go on ahead and throw this up there while we're chatting real quick. But we've got one about immersion and I call it immersion broke. And it's basically talking about the things that break your immersion. Um, we've also got another conversation uh, around the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. You can catch that one along with the game guide on fishing. So the fishing video was short and that one was very difficult to find some good footage for, but we did find it, get it posted up there. We've got the developer live stream coming up on Friday in the Ashes post show that we do here live just afterwards as well. So if you're interested in uh, catching up with the Ashes fam, sometimes the devs drop by and chat and hang out too. Definitely be sure to catch that here on my Twitch on uh, uh, in the Ashes post show shortly after their developer live stream is ending. So much love to everybody here. Um, like I said, we we recently hit like 5K subs on the Ashes HQ YouTube. So we are still continuing to just maintain that momentum and going forward. So shout out to everybody who's been over there, you know, leaving comments and liking the videos and sharing it with your friends and getting people in on the conversations. We've got a whole bunch to talk about related to the immersion breaking discussion, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, yeah, we've got all the Alpha One VODs I talked about. This has been a process, man. We've been going from like <laughs> summer just now to the cusp of fall. Um, and we've gotten 15 playthroughs with multiple parts for every playthrough. You all wanted the playthroughs in their full entire form. So they are currently up there. And I have already started cutting up the easy to digest chunks somewhere between five to 10 or 15, maybe even close to 20 minutes sometimes for specific things like sieges and fights with the ancients and rock monsters and all kinds of creatures. Um, also just sort of looking at like dungeons and delves and all kinds of things, no development. So we got a bunch of easy to digest stuff, cutting out all the in-between to make it much easier to digest for the individuals who wanted that. So that'll be rolling this Tuesday and Thursday in place of the other Ashes Alpha 1 VODs that we had rolling out there as well. So if you want to see the HQ grow, just go show some love when you see the videos posted. All right, there it is. We got I mean, just, just mm -hmm. a quick note, guys. Yeah. If you're going to watch these videos, you will not find any loot because Sim stole it all. Oh, my God. Can't wow dude we have been like this show has been going for not even what five minutes or something now and hey you oh you, God, you had the embers going i, I just know took the opportunity wow dude that was i mean that might have been like probably one of your more epic uh ninja loot references i, I gotta give you a, a hammer up not because it's true just because it was well played there's a difference <laughs> But Daedalus may not be here, but he is going to have an article going live on the HQ tomorrow, everybody. So keep your eyes peeled. That'll be getting posted by midday tomorrow, possibly late morning uh, here in the U.S. So uh, but he's got a new article going up. Not going to confirm what it is or anything, but it'll be going up. So look forward to it. And um, I did say that as we got I talked about this, I think, on a live stream um, last week, but. Now that I'm going full time as a content creator, working on my book, working on Ashes content, um, my channels and all that stuff, not only are you all going to see me more regularly on Twitch and in uh, YouTube videos, but you are also going to start seeing me doing articles towards the uh, probably here in the fall, probably October, November, somewhere in there. Um, I'll be doing articles as well. I think I'm going to focus on discussions around lore. 
um, things like that. But we'll see what else uh, comes up. That means you're going to have three articles going up a month in the near future. One will be Daedalus, right? One will be for me. And then one's going to be the developer live stream uh, bullet points that uh, Skylark the botanist is getting up there for us. And obviously, if you're interested in contributing via an article, all you got to do is shoot me a message. I know some other content creators were interested in that here in the future as Ashes gets into Alpha 2 and beyond. Um, so don't be shy. Hit me up if you're interested. It is a community curated website after all. All right, there we go. There's our announcements. Gentlemen, what have you been up to since last week? Well, I recently tried to get into the Arc server. Um, raptors you? aren't fun, so I had to hop off and, <laughs> in and more raptors. And like, I had to like my computer can't. Uh, I need to optimize it to actually run it properly. And once yeah. I could get it, actually get in there, like all I see is these glowing yellow eyes just come out of the bushes <laughs> and just, just get me every time, man. Oh, I'm, I'm man. Only, I only just managed to build a shack last night. Did you? <laughs> You're earning your stripes, man. I just want to say Daedalus was there. Meat Hooks was there. I've been there. I Actually, I spent a month in the Piranha uh, Raptor life. Yeah, I didn't go in the water. I didn't go in the water. I, oh, I, heard I wouldn't recommend like it. No, nah, man. I wouldn't recommend it anytime soon. And once you get to a point where you get your first flyer, man, it's all it's all downhill from there. It's much easier. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm just going in blind. I'm trying not to look at anything. So I was just like, Ooh, what, really? what are Ingram, what are this? Yeah, I'm just going blind. And then I'm like, is this, is this dinosaur friendly? Bonk. Nope. Oh my God. So you're basically, you're, you're doing this the school of hard knocks way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, enjoy yourself, man. It's a good time. Once you, once you get your feet wet and you get, you build some momentum, it's a, it's a pretty damn good time. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look, I don't I don't really know what's going on here. I saw this comment from DN Frozen. Seems sus as hell. Um, I'm not I don't know if I should have to since soon your apprentices are really curious what path of the dark side they will learn next. But some have a hard time writing the 3000 plus word essay about why the word necromancer contains <laughs> the word romance. Could you give them a few hints here? I'm afraid I can't. Potentially, we'll talk about that in the post show. Uh, Me talking about it's not confirming like anything. Quick hint. It's oh, it's no, all dude. about that holy whip. Holy whip? <laughs> it's about a holy whip with the dark. This is interesting. We're gonna have to explore this more further in the near you future. Do not remember the kinky ability that the cleric has. I do, I do, except exactly. I uh, but but I don't I don't um I don't uh I don't I don't walk down the path that you probably do, Faisal, right? I can't try to keep myself cleansed of the darkness and those dark vibes and dark light stuff which you're kind of like bordering on there i feel like that's bait if i like really acknowledge anything other than um lights justice reigns baby then it's a tra trap right so um that's all i have to say about that and that's about all there is to that so you can dodge all you want but you know it's true <laughs> uh so anyway talking about things over the past week any other updates guys <laughs> no uh Nope. <laughs> well, the dev discussion went live, so we've got a we're going to be talking about that one here real soon. But I want to talk about this discussion that we actually had over on the Ashes HQ YouTube. I got a lot of comments on this one. We probably won't hit all of them, but the immersion breaking discussion is a really good one. This this one I like quite a bit because, like, essentially what we're all talking about is like, what is it? that has a tendency to break your immersion in an MMORPG 
and essentially what could ash as a creation of void in that regard right um i don't know gentlemen any thoughts for you or we could just go down the list here and kind of see some of the other people's but there there are a lot of the ones that are that are the same but different for people in the community so I mean that. Yes. Uh, I think that's an easy feature that they can do for DL. Man, making it uh, what's it called? Custom name tags for people on his Nick screen names. only. Yeah. Nick names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of games do that, but that's not really a immersion breaking for me. Like that's that's no. adds flair to their personality or whatever. But the yeah. the clothing and stuff like mm-hmm. super neon or like right. 80s style. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Or even certain symbols that like you know shouldn't be in the game. It's like yeah, that that breaks it for me. Um, I don't know. Like for the neon thing, I kind of I do agree, but I disagree in some parts because like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be neon, but it could be bio uh, luminescence type yeah, that's of. Yeah, I'm like, saying. Like if it fits the theme, it's fine. Yeah. If it's like if you if you look like a bloody eighties style. Um, oh my god! Like, right. street, like like a breakdancer sort of thing. It's like no, what are, what are you doing here? This is medieval times. There's dragons, and you're doing here doing like uh, the moonwalk. Like, come on! Oh my god, the moonwalk. Mm, fair enough. That's what I was getting at. I wasn't getting at like yeah, you can still have like uh, bioluminescent sort of stuff as long as it uh, mm. makes sense within the the theme of the game. Then it's fine. But if it's <laughs> Like, I don't want to. I don't want to see Monkey D. Luffy's flag or something flying in the in the um in the game. Like I love my anime man, but at the same time, I don't want to see. You know what I mean? Like, let let the game be the game, and don't bring stuff from the outside in. That was good, dude. That was that was hilarious. Oh man, he's like. <laughs> I, I totally understand that, though, right? This isn't Fortnite, right? We're not, we're not trying to bring in a bunch of things that don't. Like, in Fortnite, something like that works, where you bring in things that look completely different than the 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 base art style for the game, right? Which is pretty cartoonish anyway, but, yeah, you can, you can have, like, your anime, like, super, like, fluorescent colors. Also, I think, I think there's a difference between, like, like ambient glowing effects or even like flame effects on gear, as long as they're not like overboard, like the, uh, the shoulders and like the, was a tier 10 paladin in world of Warcraft. Like they had flames kind of coming off of them, but it was like subtle. It wasn't super like in your face. Like the shoulders weren't like massive unless you were like a freaking torn or something or drain. I maybe, but, um, but even then they were pretty subtle in comparison to like a lot of things. They weren't, they weren't huge. Um, so yeah. I mean- I wouldn't mind if it had like big auras of flame, but also more of a a side effect of you doing an ability. So like oh, it looks yeah. like you're doing like um, burning damage to yourself, and you're doing mm. more flame damage or something. You know what I mean? Like it's right. that overwhelming sense of power. Like that that sort of makes sense. But if it, if you're just walking around with a giant bonfire on you, then you, like no, right? There's got to be reasons behind if it's going to be that big. You know? I yeah. mean, sometimes I. Like I agree, but I sort of God. my brain just goes full fantasy, and I disagree. Like, what stops it from having these things? Because if you think about it, it's still a fantasy world, and like nothing is bound. It's not like a book being written. Wow, this is how you're going to advocate you know? for your buddy cos bunny cosmetic in in the future with Steven, aren't you? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what this is. This is why I see what's going on here. I mean, I, I agree, man, with you, Faisal, to a degree, right? I, I, I don't really to, have to any... a degree. I'm not saying yeah. go full, full uh, <laughs> crazy <laughs> disco ball. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> I mean, that was like one of the ones that I saw a lot of people playing or talking about on here when I like was scrolling through some of these comments that were there. It was like characters running around in modern IRL clothing. And that was like a big one for me, which was like that 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 is one for me that I don't really care for. Like if it if you can't see it on an NPC in the world, you know what I'm saying? If it's not like a part of the game's aesthetic. And I think that would also be like sort of like my but the point I would piggyback off of with what Faisal was saying a second ago is like, if it, if, if the style is not in the game, like maybe we shouldn't have that as like a cosmetic. Right. And then that leads you into talking about the Mount we're all probably thinking of, right. The Snorse. No, not the Snorse. The Snorse feels very ashes to me. Stuffertons. We don't know what Stuffertons is going to look like. I hope it's just an extra furry bear but not like anything crazy, right? Because if it looks like a teddy bear running around, that fe- that's going to feel immersion breaking to me when I see that thing. And I'm probably going to wish I could set it on fire. In game, that's not a dark overlord thing. It's it's a character role play thing. And that's probably for my all character, not my main. Just want to say that. Are you going to burn Winnie the Pooh? You're going to burn Winnie the Pooh? Come on, man. I'm, Winnie the Pooh <laughs> is not... Not it's my bear. bear. Not my bear. My ashes. Like I'm gonna gatekeep. I mean, I mean, to be fair, he Not keeps really. stealing honey from everybody. So if you want to kill him, fingers, by all yeah. means. I do think Stefferton's a complication, and I also think that some of those Pax East cosmetics back in the day, I'm not positive, but I think one of the ships might have said something on it that looked I just remember Boston Tea Party vibes is all I can think about. So I'd have to probably go back and find that thing. But there were some things back then that were like, I don't know about this. One was like a freehold, I think, cosmetic or something. It was like a gate and it said PAX PAX East 2018. I think there might have been a PAX West one, too. But I need to like look or whatever. Those those aren't so bad. Right. But Stuffertons or like Shades. You know what I'm saying? Like a car in the game. That's another one people talk about as well. This is funny, though, because someone said here, I know there are a lot of people that have trouble with armor that shows too much skin on both men and women. But in my opinion, that's unreasonable because that idea comes from the wrong premise that armor would work the same in a magical world as it does IRL. And then scrolling on down. But again, please let me have my hot male female characters. And then really nice emojis there, buddy. Just going to. Let's let that let that sink in for everybody that's watching. I mean, mm. fantasy world is more than one uh, meaning, but uh, <laughs> true, I, think, I think that's what he's getting at. There. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really good point. What what you mean by fantasy and what I think we mean by fantasy MMORPG, uh, high fantasy MMORPG might be two different things, but I digress. That was pretty funny. This this person, Carol here, was talking about pink and yellow or green. I'm looking at you, Guild Wars 2. I don't like animated shoulder pads, et cetera, or gear in general, but there has to be a limit somewhere. The ability of coloring your gear, et cetera, it has to be restricted in terms of colors or brightness of them. I think my piggyback off of that is like the glowing armor from the APOC days. You remember, you know, we were all like 
feel like we're yeah. running around with light. We're trying to go for like lightsabers here or something. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Those chonky animations and everything. Uh, to, to, to be honest, the animations kind of helped with that. The whole spins and lunges uh, that you were able to do back then. Oof. <laughs> Dude, am I right? The Superman moves, uh, if anybody knows what we're talking about here, is that that you jump yep. and then you do your like leap attack and you were like foop, 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 and you were like just scaled a mountain literally yep. there's no exaggeration of that you could get some crazy mobility and gap closing with that with the not to be fair it was one of my favorite times ever doing any kind of testing for ashes because i just felt like I could get away with so much. It was like you jump in there, you go ham, and then you dart out of there and you basically escape people who don't understand how to like use yep. that kind of mechanic. Yep. Or they're, I kind of feel like going and watching some old APOC videos of mine that I've saved now just because it was kind of beautiful. I'm not gonna, not gonna pretend like it isn't. Makes me wonder should I bring back APOC videos? <laughs> it's like, it's oof, but it's kind of like, it's kind bring, of fun bring, and funny. Bring APOC back? Is that make, what you're saying? Make, dude, I actually, I mean, I don't want to play a BR, but I'll play. Z, I'll play APOC. Z until this day wants the APOC back. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with her, though, to be fair. Like, oh. I, I actually really genuinely hope that, that APOC and the Castle Siege mode and Horde mode, I hope all that actually comes back at some point. I understand why they don't have mm -hmm. it there now. But I hope once the MMORPG launches, I hope this thing is actually running on the side because, so I yeah, I had an I had an idea about that. So what if the mm -hmm. uh, you know the uh, military um, uh, way of getting mayorship by versing each other with avatars or whatever? Yes. What if that yeah. puts you in the the BR of the um, APOC? Oh. And APOC is the oh god the, uh, game mini game of it. Oh my gosh! So how would the is, it, how would the avatars fight? Standing. Yeah, or the champions? Are you saying the NPC champions yeah. would fight? Yeah. But then you'd actually go in APOC, or they'd go in APOC, and then you'd be controlling them uh, there? You'd you control the person as APOC. So it's not your character, but it's your avatar that you control. Like oh, the, that's kind of fun. That's an interesting idea. What do you think, Basil? I don't know if they're able to do it or not. Too many systems to combine. It's <laughs> an interesting point. Although, unless... Unless if they mm -hmm. make make the stage just the arena, if that's if that's the case, yeah, I think I think they're able to do it. Um, regardless if it's a good idea or not, I mean, uh, it's a mechanic. People gotta deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm also hoping that we get like like a some sort of a card game or some sort of like I'm hoping we get a tavern game. You want to talk about immersion, something that is is immersive for me is is like when you're able to play multiple uh, games that all like tie into the same world. So like, for example, Blizzard, right now, regardless of the state of where Blizzard's at, like the idea of like Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, Heroes of the Storm, yeah. it was kind of a nice vibe for me personally. Right. Because you had Fair all enough. of you, you know, you had all of your heroes and it's like you go into like the Nexus and you're playing all your characters in a MOBA and then yeah. you're the, the char characters in the game in the MOBA. And then you go and you play your card game and it's like you get this really fun. And and I mean, that to me is like a really good tie into taverns. 
especially if they have their own unique game. I mean, to me, like something like Gwent is for The Witcher, right? And the Gwent has its own like standalone, yeah. but like I'm I'm hopeful of that because I actually really enjoy that sort of vibe to have like different games I can but, play, but all in the same sort of universe. My only question mm. if they're going to introduce a card game, for example, how yeah. will they introduce it? Because Tavern will not exist until they are built. Unless True. if they are built then an NPC just Houdini's in there. Uh, right. <sighs> that that could work. But right. um if players are going to make their own custom taverns, how will that work? So <laughs> So from my perspective, right, like with the tavern games themselves, I mean, it seems to me that there's going to be ones that are you can choose right as a tavern owner to sort of like have hosted there. Okay. But then there's the ones that the players can find in the world and sort of like share within the tavern. Right. So we still don't know exactly how that's going to work. Interesting. Right. So what I'm hoping is that there's like one sort of like lost game that existed in Vera that nobody on Sanctus knows about and that the rare one has to be found on Vera and they can be brought to tavern games. And I'm hoping it's a really unique game and that that's a game that they potentially utilize um, as a separate game, some sort of game on its own, sort of like Hearthstone is to to World of Warcraft and and the, the Warcraft universe as a whole. That's just my perspective though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. But this one I hear from Truly was that the main immersion breaker for me, unfortunately, is most MMORPGs now. Most good content not being in the open world, but being in instances. That's a pretty interesting discussion, though, because now we're starting to piggyback onto like the the debatable topic of the percentage of instance versus open world content that exists in the game, specifically dungeons. Right. 80 percent of the dungeons in the world are open world. Right. Yeah. And their progressions. Exactly. Right. So you've got a lot of people that prefer instance dungeons and you got people that are pretty, pretty hardcore open to the fact of like doing Dells and open world. dungeons. I mean, the the only, I think the only reason Hmm. there's two reasons, actually people prefer instance dungeons is one is performance for their computer makes everything more stable. Um, And two, I assume the, just like the PvP aspect of it. Because in an instant, yeah. you're just being enclosed into a level. Safe. And people aren't able to enter it. It, it turns, your, turns your multiplayer game into a, a single player. does. Exactly. Like, For lobby-based, well, yeah. From an MMO to a lobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that, that's, I can see why that would break, break immersion. Like, I'd hate to be in Rust and when I, whenever I have to go to a monument, I'm now separated from everyone else and I do that monument and I can leave and like that that wouldn't Mm -hmm. feel good to me because it removes that suspense of is someone down there waiting for me? Is someone behind this corner? Am I going to camp? Am I going to get killed? Like, and it stops you from doing the same thing to someone else. Like that that bit of suspense Mm -hmm. is what sort of pulls you into the world itself. Yeah, and you mm. here's the thing too, in a lot of games before we got the dungeon finders, right? Not not party maker or group maker, but or party finder, because I feel like that's a bit different than than dungeon finders and raid finders and things like that are. Um, but back in even wow, like you'd have to literally summon people. You know, you go to the 
the summoning stone outside of the dungeon. You need like what two people there, or no? You need one plus two. I forget. I think it was one plus two, right? The one that was actually doing the cast on the person, and then two more to click on them, or maybe it was one more to click on them. But it's been ages since I played WoW and actually done that anymore. So, um, so aside from that sort of topic, right? We've got the transmogs in general. There was definitely multiple people that brought up transmogrification. So I understand it's appeal to some people, right? The accept I accept it as just something that is going to exist in pretty much any game that comes out from now on, but I still don't like it. Um, it would be a lot more interested in cosmetic things that if there were layers of interactions involved in creating transmogs, right? So there's one discussion. I mean, John Prescott's talking about um, haven't really seen any mobs yet to break my immersion, but he did bring up the formal evening gown regalia out in the world killing monsters right sort of piggybacking off what we talked about earlier but see it right here right transmogs there again you got can't believe stufferton's mount is a thing after i look at it my mind is blown that steven and the team think that that would fly what wait what unbelievable and and then a lot of people basically talking about mounts there were a few people that actually hit on talking about uh pets as well some of the pets that are maybe a little bit more flashy. Um, I don't really think there are too many pets that, from my perspective, are really problematic. Um, but even with that being said, it is it is definitely a slippery slope for a lot of people um, in regard to whether or not something like that's going to be an immersion breaker for them. I mean, I mean, at least for me, I don't see stuff that tends to be that immersion breaking, really. Yeah. Like if you look at other MMORPGs, Final Fantasy, whoof, but they just go off. <laughs> like you could ha literally have a mount where you are lying on bed and fly up in the air. So come on, come on. You can like comparing a stuffed animal with a, a flying bed is just how do you even compare? <laughs> You're pro Stuffertons, obviously. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm is neutral it, about it. Is it is it like a is it like a cozy bunny thing? Is it something to do with that? Like cozy bunny wants to cuddle up with the Stuffertons and go sleepy time. Is it like one of those things or? Is Honestly, it... if it's comfortable, why <laughs> if not? it's cozy. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, right? The dev live stream is going to be coming up. I'm going to make sure I try to shout this out again towards the end. As I talked about earlier, it's going to be coming up this Friday. And remember that every Wednesday prior to their live stream or generally when their live streams are the dev live streams are on a Friday, it's usually Wednesday that you have to get your Q&A stuff in. Right. So submissions for that are going to be due by September 28th, 11 a.m. Pacific and the live stream will be going live 11 a.m. Pacific on Friday. OK, it's usually an eh, hour and a half, two hours, depending on what's going on. But we know this week. Coming up is something people have been waiting quite a while for. Some of us for quite some time. Ranger. 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 <laughs> Ranger, which it looks like we're going to get to see bow action as well. Right? Because, I mean, they're showing off the bow. I mean, obviously, Rangers can use any of the weapons in the game, but predominantly we see them using bows. And to me, this is a two-parter, right? Because we're going to get to look at... The Ranger, for the first time since the the character existed in their testing in Alpha Zero. How far back was that? You mean like last year, Sim? No, no, no. That was Alpha One. Alpha Zero is a 2017 to 2018 thing, right? Before 
Ashes of Creation Apocalypse. So that's like that's like five years ish, give or take, y'all, since we've seen the Ranger being iterated upon in a public setting. And we haven't seen bow action at all since APOC. Right. Yep. So this is a twofold thing from my perspective. Ranger and potential augmentation of its class of some form and the bow and how that's going to look in the game. So we know they're going to fight the Minotaurs. I guess, gentlemen, are there like any sort of hopes that you've got to anybody watching or hearing this later? Obviously, same question for you all when it comes to the Ranger slash bows. I I still have the stance of Mm. I want to know what system they're going to use. Is it going to be hit scan or projectile based? Because yep. that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, mm-hmm. Another thing is, yeah, I want to see all the skills. All the skills. <laughs> I think yeah. quite a lot of argument um, based, like saying uh, tab target for range and then uh, the other style for combat for melee. So that way you wouldn't have to worry about the the hit scan part of it um that could solve it um i am looking really looking forward to the ranger um what the minotaurs though look like the uh melee though so i'm trying to look at how ranger is going to be reversing melee characters like is he going to be up close is he going to be using daggers as well is he going like is he going is he only going to be ranger because we have seen some classes that look like they have been like uh second tier where they've been mixed into a mm. class you, you mean, mean like, like the classes the being augmented yeah. already? Like the Weapon yeah. Master from two months ago, right? Yeah. So okay. if, if he's just a Ranger or if he's a Ranger mix. Because if he's a Ranger mix, like, he could be Ranger Mage, and we might see a bunch of different Ooh. stuff. Like, Oh, man. That'd be not tasty. Not hopes up, but I'm just saying, it, it could be big. I hope so, man. Like, I, w- I want it to be... I want it to be meaty, man. I, I want this Ranger to come out and, like, just... Lay it out there, man. Not not just a couple skills. Like, give us give us a good a good showcase. And and like Faisal said, are we going physics hit scan here? I mean, which which one we go in? What direction they decide to go? Um, yeah. Do you all have, do you have a preference on that, Faisal, for more physics versus hit scan? Uh, um, um, projectile requires a lot more skill than hit scan. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. And I think I would go like maybe a mix of no, mm. not a mix of two. I'd just go projectile really. Um and the other thing I'm worried about is is the hacking aspect of it. Uh with hit scan it's a lot easier for people to hack the game mm. and just like aimbot essentially everything down. Yeah, that's true, man. So I'm, hmm. that's my only worry when it comes to Ranger and how they're going to like take it through with mm-hmm. action combat that is not necessarily tap targeting. Yeah, I really think they, for my, this is just my opinion, I, I think that it would be important to go physics-based, projectile-based. And the reason I say that is because if you want action orientation to be much higher skill requirement, that to me is going to align with a much higher skill requirement, yep. right? Cause you're going to have to like, you're going to have to lead your shots. You're going to have to account for distance and all kinds of different things. 
And Mm -hmm. I think if you really want, I think especially if they decide to go the route of having the different hitboxes and everything, you know, potentially having like much more damage for more accurate shots on specific hitboxes, they're really going to go that route. And that's going to be a true uh, alignment for their action orientation that they've previously talked about um, wanting to do. Then I think it's even more important to sort of double down on that. And and this is like one of the few discussions where there's a lot of controversy because if if you would have action combat Mm -hmm. uh, and projectile or hit scan based, how are you going to make them like what damage numbers are we going to see compared to tab targeting? Because if you use tab targeting, technically every you're going to hit every hit. Yeah. Unless they've got a stat to deflect or something like that. Like, yeah. 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 But if you use uh, what's it called, hit scan or projectile, that's it's like well, what what are you gonna do? Uh, amplify its damage, make it a lot harder for people to hit, or are you? How are they gonna do it? I have no idea. Yeah, I feel I like if they mm-hmm. if they did both, it would be like if it was tab target, uh, your crit chance is based on percentage. But if it was action combat, it would be based off the actually aiming for the actual heads and the critical parts of the body with a slight deviation like with a slight bonus to your crit chance as well it wouldn't just be pure skill you would have still have percentage buffer but not as much as a tab target mm. okay maybe then you'd have more skill requirement but you won't have as much of a like a holding hand with the crit chance you know but if you've got mm. tab target you'll have the holding hand of like uh, 20% crit chance, but you won't have the ability to help that with the uh, aim for the heads. Um, but I also think this this is going to be like a, a real show uh, live stream. Like I think they're going to actually go in, in depth of how they went down this path, why they picked this, and what it means for the game engine itself. Like I think they're going to talk really in depth about it, same as when they talked about um, the sand dunes and the uh, scorpion that we saw, like talking about how they can mold the um, world around it. Yep. Like, I think they're going to go into depth about how and why they did what they did. Yeah, which means our Ranger page on the HQ is finally going to get an update. I'm getting ready to work a whole new... The thing is, it's like, I want to get a whole new, like, setup for those class page, or sorry, the archetype pages specifically. Um, I've got something in in the works right now, but you know, the reality is, is that with how much could change, I've been pretty hesitant to add anything for the, you know, some of the other ones like Rogue, et cetera. It's just description there. Um, but it would be really nice to be able to actually like, I feel like the Ranger, if they give us a really good update, show off enough skills, I feel like I'm actually going to feel like I have the motivation to update the Ranger along with the other three archetypes from the Alpha 1 testing, which would be fantastic. got a nice segue from this topic too and go to the ashes hq forums where we got a discussion from arthas dawnbreaker so since we talked about this topic in the stream i figured it'd be cool if we list them here and i encourage you all to go over to asheshq.com to go to the forums there and feel free to contribute your thoughts over there uh to arthas's uh post but he basically was like you know going if you have any cool ideas for boss fight scenarios list them here and he had like four and I know we we talked about this, so we're not going to really spend a lot of time on the show talking about this, but I wanted to showcase it so people who were here last time or watched, like, the uh, boss 
uh, Ash's talk a while back. They could go and kind of like piggyback off this. So talked about super boss fight. Number one, a god that blots out the sun. It's so big. I know some people said they really didn't like the idea of having gods to fight. Now, keep in mind, we're not talking about gods. We we were talking specifically at that time about avatars, which is different, right? The phoenix is the at the goddess of creation's avatar on Vera, right? These are sort of like their their physical entities that can exist in the world. And my belief is that it's going to come directly from the souls of the people that worship them. And sort of like the more people that, you know, are sort of worshiping them, the more likely that these avatars exist. Cause I feel like the Phoenix is probably going to be in the game, right? Like it's just a matter of how and where and exactly. Didn't the Phoenix die? It did. It, 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 um, yes, it, it died back way back whenever the gates got shut down right it's what cut off people during the exodus from Vera to sanctus during the time of the apocalypse right but a phoenix does what rises from its ashes or potentially our theory is at least my theory is that it basically resurrects in the form of a sort of like a lava burning tree that we've seen previously the the question then is what how is it going to exist? Is it the reason that the gates reopen? I assume it is. But um, to what degree are we going to interact with it? Is it there when we get back? Do we ever get to see it again? Is it just only fabled at this point? It's a, the greater question, right? So keep in mind, we talked about fighting gods. We mean they're, at least I meant they're avatars. Um, and so if you think about it, if the others are on Vera... And they've got worshipers, dark cult leaders wearing dark outfits and, you know, doing dark here's, and ominous here's things. The, here's the question. Sure. If if mm. I accept the Phoenix as the as the religion in-game, can I use my farts to, to bring flames to revive <laughs> such a creature? I don't think it works like that, as my friend. As fuel. Come on, I, I, I don't. I don't. You might be able to bolster its already uh, burning flame, you know, assuming that that doesn't in some way, you know, end your world and turn you to ash. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't think farting on a phoenix is something that I would recommend personally. I don't know, but it gives it more cool flames. Maybe it even turns blue or brown. You'll never know. <laughs> so, phase I feel like you were that kid that put a lighter up to your butt as a kid and tested out. If you could do that. <laughs> wow. Man, we learned things. We learned all kinds of new things on the show about our fellow co-hosts here, don't we? Yeah. I hope you don't still do that, Basil. I'm just going to put that out there. I never did. I okay. Never that I did. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I never said I did that. So a few other ideas from Arthas over at Ashes HQ. Fighting an NPC, known warrior from the past. Uh, that reveals lore drops if you win the battle. I thought that was a really good idea. Um, when fighting a world boss, having the ability to combine 10 tanks to charge up, an ability that summons a large stone wall is a huge shield. Now, the, the walls actually were a thing in, in Alpha Zero for the tanks, um, so that would be pretty interesting. Then we got 10 rangers summoning a huge harpoon to release a huge attack on the boss. Very interesting ideas, right? And I don't know about 10. We know summoners need eight summoners to summon siege behemoths, etc. Um, for for sieges, etc. But 
I don't know. I definitely would be curious to see what other ideas people have. So definitely don't be shy. Feel free to go share, join the HQ, and uh, contribute over there on Arthas's post. Any other That's thoughts about that, gentlemen? What? That's definitely what I was saying last time. Where yeah. like people grouping together and using, like, coming together to use to mm-hmm. use giant abilities that they can't normally do by themselves. Right. But I did like Daedalus ones where he said like one of the boss moves is to separate everyone and they have to find each other again for like a maze. Like right. that was a really good idea. Yeah, I like that a lot too. I think something like that would be really fun for boss encounters, especially like raid bosses, because I don't know how well that would work in the open world. But I think in a raid, like, dude, mechanics like I that would, are tricky. I also wouldn't mind if, um, like, the GMs also maybe took control over the uh, the avatar. So that oh. way you can, you, there was no longer a mechanics. It was just a player versus, play, like, player versus many players because he's literally a god or a demigod or whatever. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just so thinking of some bad things that can happen to me personally. So, so you can't say, oh, it's phase one, phase two. No, it's Steven dressed up as a phoenix and you, you got you to beat his ass. Like, I'm curious what the phoenix is going to look like in this game, right? Like, Because you remember, like, even Kickstarter has phoenix pets. Like some yeah, of the yeah. Kickstarter tiers. <sighs> like, I, I totally have the phoenix pets. It's going to be fantastic. But <laughs> I'm totally flexing, man. Like, the, the phoenix aura and the phoenix pet are two of the things I'm looking forward to. But phoenixes are tricky, man. Phoenixes can be tricky to do to do right. You've got very unique uh, approaches to them, like in World of Warcraft, like Ashes of Alar. That mount is very, very interesting. It's almost like a very much like an energy sort of phoenix as opposed to like an actual phoenix of flame. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see what the phoenix for Ashes is like, uh, you know, because we really haven't gotten a true. We haven't really gotten a true image of what it like artistically will look like and boy boy boys it can be interesting to see what they come up with really really quick question about mm-hmm. knowing a monster is in phase two or not how do you guys go about it what do you guys like and Ooh. what do you guys don't like oh for like phases uh, Ooh. yeah i've got an I, answer I like how monster hunter does it. which one monster hunter when you're versing like different creatures where like they'll lose like armor or they'll lose like it's limb oh, or they'll right. start becoming more aggressive or they'll now use different movement. Like I really like monster hunter and how they deal with not, not, not bosses, but they like monsters. I, I like how they do it. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. I like that too. Um, my, here's my answer. And I think this is one of the best practices in an MMORPG. If you want to take a play, a page from the playbook of world of Warcraft. This is a page from the playbook. I recommend every MMORPG consider the hard modes in old right? Cause in that raid specifically there, there there's no, there's no heroic mode like in, in the other content for world of Warcraft, right? Like most of World of Warcraft content is like you've got your normal, I guess you have Raid Finder version now. You have normal, heroic, and then they added mythic later. But it used to be like normal or heroic, 10 or 25. That was sort of like the bread and butter after the 40-person raid sort of went away. But my perspective is the old OR raids, man, the hard modes. Because literally it would depend on, on what approach you took to fighting the boss. Like... I think of like flame Leviathan. Like, did you, did you actually break certain things down? Did you take off turrets? 
did you do this or did you do that, right? You you determining and choosing what approach to take to the fight would determine the difficulty level and the mechanics. So, like, there was a way to predict how if another phase would start because you would sort of be what would determine the phasing, right? And it would be different. Okay. Yeah, and it would be different yeah. based on your approach to the to the fights, right? So you literally activate a hard mode in that game, but but you wouldn't like really go hard mode activated and pop up on the screen. It was literally like you had to know you just did that because of your choices. And then the boss yeah. would sort of like respond and the fight mechanics and and everything would change based on your decisions. Um Yog Saron fight, for example, it's literally how many guardians or lights do you have up for the fight? And then based on which guardians you chose to leave alive or kill or whatever would determine who would be present and their presence would determine certain mechanics or buffs and things of that nature that you would have. Right. So I know that's not directly the answer to the question, but I felt like it was an important thing to talk about. Um, it, I, is, it is. Yeah. It is an answer, but yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just need a little bit more detail. Organic. Um, organic completely like i don't it, want it announcements is, it is it is organic to an extent like i like the idea of you picking and choosing and upon your decision you get a certain level difficulty to that yeah. raid boss but uh, here's my question was mm. it industrialized so people just beforehand okay here they read this piece of text they went in, they knew exactly what to do to make it uh, as easy as possible. Then they did the raid, the boss. Was so, it the, as simple or mm, was definitely it more not. complicated? Definitely more complicated because okay. when you activated hard modes, the hard modes could be different based on what you activate. So you could know, but you couldn't always know because every boss would be different. Like, so for one, you might have to pay attention to like, like your one cue if you don't use add-ons is going to be and that's the other downside too because in that game like add-ons just tell you everything but it, it would literally be something like like a, a te flavor text the boss would scream something right or shout it and you'd yeah. see like the red text pop up and then you'd know and you'd be like oh my god you know like this is about to happen so if you didn't pay attention oh you'd miss it and you could just be dead boom like one yeah. tap you did you missed the mark you didn't pay attention you stood in but, the fire yeah, like that that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah see that red text like people could just memorize that and sure. industrialize oh absolutely like, i know what to do here <laughs> absolutely that's, that's what i'm asking and add -ons would, sort of yeah what's that don't we already have this sort of uh system though where like the faster you do the dungeon the more more powerful and stronger it is oh like, have yeah so that's kind of it's it's okay. Well, you're so, like mechanics within the dungeon itself. Yeah, that's like mechanics Mechanic itself. Yeah, yeah, mechanics itself. So I, I prefer that you don't necessarily know, but you've got to pay attention. Like I, mm. uh, like personally, I think that the the text letter text can be, you could take it or leave it because can it be helpful? Sure, but most people won't pay attention, and oftentimes yeah. when the text goes, there's like a such a short opportunity to respond that like if you don't do it quickly like right on the point you you will miss the marker and you'll get killed anyway right you really can't like there's no time to spare most of the time whenever yeah. that happens um but 
but from from my perspective on that, uh, when when Armored Cell was saying like, did did you kind of like, don't we already have that in Ashes? Like, not a hard mode, but like, um, sort of like the dungeon diver uh, progression to where it gets more difficult as you go further into the you know delve deeper sort of a thing that's in ashes already right um i'm curious how what that's going to look like and um you know clearly like the more bosses you kill and the further you progress with boss kills the more difficult each progressive boss after that is um if i remember correctly if you kill them quickly like that can potentially like ramp up the difficulty even a little bit more um i think v rising is actually a really interesting approach to difficulty level because it's really tough to tell in that and this is a survival game but it's tough to tell in that game exactly how it scales because there's no real showcase of it you know it's just more difficult when more people are there uh mechanic wise and less difficult mechanic wise when less people are there but i have yet to figure out how many people determines like what level like increase that actually happens um so ashes dungeon diving seems similar to like the boss progression for b rising um and if it is anything like it that's gonna eat your lunch man because that's well yeah i wouldn't mind like um maybe mobs or like certain like golden mobs or sort of thing like uh that patrol the dungeons and if they see you they'll go report to the boss so that, that way that's giving making the boss more prepared so that way you have to target these minions first and not let them run away if you know what I mean? Like, it's it gives you more yeah. urgency to do certain things, or to, if you're like, oh, oh no, we got to get rid of them, otherwise it's gonna be harder for us. Or if we let them go, it's gonna be easier. Like, it's yeah, make it harder. Yeah. Oof, ad management too. That's that's one of the things that uh, I I know World of Warcraft done it, but other games have done it as well. And it's it's sort of like even ESO did this. Like, you you want certain achievements or whatever you want to achieve something. It could be the boss kill. It could be an achievement itself. It could be a variety of different things. But the qualification is like maybe you got to have certain things up and alive at the point you kill the boss or when you phase the boss. Those types of things are really tricky, and I love them because if you don't coordinate well with other people, you tend to, you'll just probably completely fail at it. And stuff like that, I think, is really... And if you have too many of them because your DPS isn't high enough, then they'll just pummel you. And they'll end up putting way too much damage on the entire group. So stuff like that, I think, is very interesting. I think it's one of those situations where, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Some recipes in games are, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you got to take some of the best things that work really good that make uh, boss encounters difficult. Um, and just sort of integrate that into your game. Um, and certainly it sounds like Ashes is planning to do some of that to some degree. So, all right, discussion. This is the discussion. big, this is the big discussion, man. This is our yeah. dev discussion, y'all. There it is. Here's the discussion question or point for you all. Are you ready? All right, here it is. So it's going to be a roll, please. Drum roll, and it's going to be a point of contention for some, but this dev discussion number 45 is on gathering in PvP. Boy, haven't we had people talking about these things or griefing or open world PvP. Here's the point. Artisan gatherers will be prime targets for combatant players. 
With that said, would you like to see alternative play loops that provide you with a way to mitigate the risk of dropping gathered materials? Okay, to mitigate the risk of dropping gatherable materials. There's a lot of questions here. How would one acquire that? What would be a best practice to that? Uh, what percentage uh, uh, protection would you get on dropped materials? And this says a way to mitigate the risk of dropping gathered materials. Is that a complete mitigation, a partial mitigation? There's a lot of things here. Now, this one to me is surprising. This is not a question I expected to see coming from the team. And I think Faisal actually said that as well in our pre-show. Was that like he was surprised to see this coming from the development team? The, was that? That was me. Oh, was it Armored yeah. Cell? My bad. It was yeah. Armored Cell. <laughs> I'm shocked about this too. And it's because, well, gentlemen, why don't you just dig in and share your thoughts on this? Well, to me, this is this question also like it's as much of a U-turn for me as like, would you would you like to turn PvP off? Like it's it's <laughs> it's, it's like, wow! I I didn't wouldn't expect them to yeah ask this question, but at the same time, I think they're just trying to see if it if they're going too far or not far enough, and they wanted to find out from the community what our plans are, what we would like. If it's too much, if it isn't. Uh, if there is too much, then what can we do to fix it? And just give them some ideas of uh, what would be a better middle ground. Um, but I have read a lot of the discussions, but I'll let Faisal give his opinion on that before. Right. I, yeah. that. I got a whole rant on I, this. So. I, I, I did not hear what you said because I disconnected for like 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't even notice. Uh, I I froze like an NPC sim. It's fine. <laughs> so it happens, man. So so the do you want the question? Uh, yes, please. All right, I'm gonna post it in in our chat as well. So there it is. Artisan gathers okay. will be prime targets for combatant players. With that said, would you like to see alternative play loops that provide you with a way to mitigate the risk of dropping gathered materials? Oof. Yeah, oof, right. that was my reaction. <laughs> it was basically what, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, they've, uh, like, <laughs> yep. The natural reaction of Phaseless is beautiful. Now, Steven is like, they had, they had a vision with this. There you um, go. Yep. And and they basically wanted to make this open world because it's scarce material and a lot mm -hmm. of PvP because you can get these material off of other people. Mm -hmm. And they want to make it hard and not uh, completely grindy to people. Uh, I mean, it is a grind. It's just that you go, you're going to think twice before you just sit at a node and farming. Um... And I don't, I'm just thinking the, the thought process of why are they asking the community this? Right. Is my assumption is that there's a lot of people who dislike this. We've that heard they that. don't want to see this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I've seen it via text and 
concern wise vo- vocally we've talked well. about it a lot here haven't we yeah many times is there a way to mitigate it mitigate it in what sense like to drop all his loot if you're going to okay let's just say I went to gather some material and I drop only 50% of my loot. Yeah. Or the 50% that I gathered, that's going to break some of the game because people will use that to teleport back into town to transport items from across distance or barren wastelands. That's one. Two. Um, what's... What's what's the drawback? Like I just I I, I just fail like fail to comprehend such an idea. Mm-hmm. Um You're at a loss for words, aren't you? Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. Eh? It's hard. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my perspective, right? Like player agency and meaningful conflict and i go to risk versus reward right so from my perspective i can understand them asking this question because i think from a certain perspective they probably want to you know keep their finger on the pulse of the community that's following their games see what their sentiment is see what their thoughts are but which is fair which is fair this though to me is a question I don't understand arising. And the reason for that is, is if your vision is to ensure meaningful conflict and risk versus reward, right? When you go to, I've got this posted literally on Ashes HQ, right? Talking about meaningful conflict, right? This element of risk versus reward is a major part of the game and gives meaning to why players participate in many of the game systems. Yes. The, the risk of going and farming materials and gathering them Right. The risk is supposed to be a part of the reward. This is a counterweight, right? Like you've got to yes. choose to take the risk to go gather these things, knowing you could get jumped and have your stuff stolen. And it makes those resources, right? Those those rare resources more very precious. more precious and valuable. So precious. my <laughs> My question is, is like, does this undermine the vision and the game systems in some way if you allow that to be a thing, right? Would it work for the people who are like, I don't want to get jumped and have to worry about losing things? Would it work for them? Sure, right? But but that's but like, not the game, also, right? It, it's also like, it's a bit, it's not counterproductive. It's just that, if you're going to make a mitigation system for gathering, you're going to have to make a lot of other mitigation systems for other things as well. Like we're going to enter the caravans, uh, the uh, the monster drops, all the all these things. Like if I die from a monster, will I get loot mitigation? Or if if my caravan got destroyed, will I get some of my loot back? Like it's just a slippery slope from there. Ah, uh, yeah. If, if we just go via via the, uh, quotes complaints of people saying we want mitigation risks. However, if they only stick, if they only stick 
hardcore stick with just the gathering of you going to a node and going back, maybe there's a little bit of leeway. But it depends how much. Are we talking 20%? Are we talking about 5%, 10 20 50 <laughs> How much? And is it going to... Yeah, and I also kind of wonder, too, like, if people aren't going corrupt because they're not bothering. Like, I think people underestimate... This is a whole different conversation. In fact, that's going to be a conversation for this week. So I'm not going to talk about that now. All right. <laughs> Saving that for the ashes talk. But but I can say this. I think it's important that that risk remains there and that there is not a way to mitigate it because this incentivizes people to, to jump you, right? This incentivizes bounty hunters to go after bounties for people to engage in these other systems like going to a tavern listing a bounty players having becoming like enemy of the state sort of a thing right where they're like you're literally known right and also like corruption's already got its consequences doesn't it you keep playing dirty that you can drop more right including gear and things of that nature so i i think that there are already like good penalty systems in place for players choosing to go corrupt. I think that people worry a lot more about people going corrupt than they potentially probably need to realistically. Cause Relax. there's you don't need to worry about getting corruption. Just let it, let it flow, <laughs> let it flow through. you. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Right. So how about we look at some of the comments from, uh, people in the community right now. So Cheryl said, I'm for some partial mitigation. Think of it as hiding something really well on your person versus an obvious, readily accessible pouch. Yeah, like that that's like that's why I said the leeway. Yeah. Like if if it's like okay, five percent of the amount of loot that you have. Uh, mm, sure. But like if 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 you're talking about like fifty percent, like bro, that's not happening. Right. <laughs> Come on, I don't, I don't care who you are, right. how you're hiding it. <laughs> Just that's not gonna work. So how? And if it's up the keister, it's gonna lose the value. <laughs> yeah, because duty Same happens. Couch. How about this one? Rosa said they could give us the ability to hide our resources in our current location that disappears if you don't pick it up after X minutes, hours, but only you can pick it up. That would give you the ability to reduce your losses while mining fishing, but you still have full risk when it comes to transporting. Interesting. I mean, I would like if, if you can hide stuff like that, I would also like the class of rogue to be able to use the abilities to try and find stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then J-Rock. Yes. <laughs> J-Rock said, honestly, it won't be worth it in most cases unless I know you just grab something rare. True, because you not like we're going to be able to tell what someone's yeah. got. Right? Like, I feel like you... I feel like if I was going to stalk somebody, I'm saying hypothetically if a person were to stalk another person in the game, not me, just some... <laughs> If you're not here, this is why I say you got to be here live because the expression on his face and the look he just gave me as I said that is priceless and we need to clip it. But if if for example, if for example, I was stalking someone and watched them long enough, then maybe I'm probably going to go, you know, they've been farming for like 10 or 15 minutes. They've hit like 20 or 30 little different gathering 
right? Locales, right? I, I think I could probably kill him and I get a pretty good payout there. Like, yeah, so, you don't, you don't, you, you yeah. don't want to get him when he's like first five minutes. You got to wait. No. You got to let, let him fatten up a little bit. Exactly. Go. You got to let the bags get full, man. As what I understand, a person would probably need to do if they were to engage in a system, like if they were to, um, yeah. Anyway, you all understand the point. Okay, let's move on to a different discussion. I, I, I think, uh, I think fundamentally, having mitigations. I think that it undermines their vision to a degree. I can't say how great of a degree because we'd have to see what percentages of mitigation exist if they were to do it. We'd have to see what what ends up being protected, how trivial is it to even utilize it or have it in the game at all. I saw some people last week that talked about this and they were like, oh my gosh, I'd love to go and just buy it and be able to, and I'm like, ooh, you know, just go into like the, to the node and just straight up buy it straight up and throw it on i'm like man it's gotta if you're gonna have it it's gotta i don't know i feel like it should even in itself potentially be a resource dump or something but aside from money in game but that's just my my perspective like in in the game that i play a lot of rust like it's it's always pvp you lose everything like if you die you die right but you can go run back and give a new kit and try and get your stuff back Mm -hmm. but the whole the whole point of it is if you're going to spend some time farming, you if you do like, there's lots of ways to mitigate it mm-hmm. without having items to mitigate it. So like, it could be different time zones or like different instead of like farming at peak time, maybe right. farm when it's not peak time. You know, when there's less people online. Maybe you farm when uh, instead of like in 30 minute lots, farm in 15 minute lots. So you're not carrying as much. Mm-hmm. You're doing less tri- like doing more trips but you're not carrying as much. So therefore you're more likely to save some, like there's lots of different ways that you can mitigate it without having like in-game things to help you mitigate. Like you just got to be smart about it. Like that's, that's how I play Rust. Like you gotta, Mm -hmm. you gotta know where people are, what they're going to do, what the patterns are. It's just like, if you know, okay, peak time is 4 PM because after school, all the kids are finished. They're all, all here. Well, maybe farm a bit later. Fame farm a earlier, but sometimes people can't do that. But like that's what I'm getting at. Like there's different areas, different mm-hmm. times. There's oh, there are ways to mitigate it without having a hard item or DLC pouch to save your items. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely an important point. So there's this one right here as well from in chat, and like I I agree though armored cell about about that. Like I think it's important to to it's got to be meaningful right like it can't just be this sort of like quick and easy way to sort of protect yourself and you just straight up go give some gold and you get this thing and now it sort of like bypasses game systems and now elements of the game aren't being engaged in and like that to me is like fundamentally where you got to be very careful because that's a slippery slope that's think of every mmorpg you've played where they're like here's something that will be convenient we see it all the time with pay for convenience items and in, in shops, which Ashes isn't going to do, nor are they going to do pay to win, right? But if it's great that you're not doing that to where there's like a literal dollar that will be placed on convenience items, but still, I think it's a slippery slope even in the game when you implement convenience in some capacity. What are really good examples of that? I mean, what was a convenience system we talked about recently? Uh, Dungeon Finder, like. Yep. 
first at first it initially it seemed really good. Even I was like, oh, that's going to be really uh, convenient. But I think if you in, implement something and you recognize like, well, you know, yeah, people like it and they're playing a lot more dungeons and they're doing a lot more of that. But we're not seeing them engage in other ways now. Maybe they're not out in the world engaging in the world and them being in the world is important because by just being there, there's the potential for them to engage in other systems. And we want them playing and engaging in these systems because from my perspective, MMORPGs start to die the moment people aren't engaging in their systems. In any capacity, if those elements in the game, part of your vision are there and you don't have people engaging in those things and that continues to happen, then people aren't playing your game. And that's, you know, to me, that completely ties into what Stevens even said, which is it's on the responsibility of them as the developers to ensure that the game is fun to play so that people are playing and they're not playing for login rewards or other things of that nature, right? Like the reason that you're playing is, well, because you want to be there, because you're excited to be there. Because engaging in those systems is fun and, and you know, it's uh, appealing to you. And I think the trick isn't to to mitigate the risk for certain players. It's to encourage and incentivize them to engage in the risk. That's my perspective. And from my perspective, that's also been part of their vision, right? Which is why this whole dynamic is like a big, strange situation for me to read over. But... Like there was there was some comments where it was just like uh, if you're high enough in that profession you might get like a a bag or pouch to cover it, so which is in the comments. Yeah, that's a good idea to talk about, right? Because that's it's earned. It's, earned. it's based on merit, and also you're you'd probably have to engage in the game systems in some capacity in order to to reap this reward, right? I've got to in, in, I've got to become maybe a master crafter in some specific pathway or yeah. it requires a lot of resources to craft this thing. And maybe even that thing that you can uh, equip has like a, a durability lifespan sort of thing. You know? Yeah. Yep. Pretty so good idea. You got to think like as you get higher up in the profession, you need more and more of that item or items, sorry, mm. like garables. So it would make sense that maybe you could, mitigate some of the losses because you're it's if you were having the same loss capacity but yet you're needing exponentially more item like more materials to craft it's going to be a lot harder to get to that but whether or not that's what they wanted to begin with like right. that's another discussion yeah absolutely it's another discussion too and then, i mean it even like you know we've had these i've had this like talking point on here about unique gearing for our characters like, what kind of features would you like to see with armor sets and bonuses for those sets? Uh, what about those stat blocks that could be rolled or augmented by crafters? I mean, you could even say what things could be uh, accessories that could be utilized that could, you know, contribute to some level of effectiveness and, and, you know, blank. What is that? Is it stats? Is it mitigation of some sort for when I'm harvesting? Uh, bolstering maybe even, like, the weight limit in which I could carry things? Like, that's another interesting way to kind of go about it. Like, some sort of, like, hidden pouch that gives me protection or some sort of a pouch that expands upon the weight limit I can I can carry things because maybe it's a, a lighter pouch or something, something like that. I just I just thought of an idea just then. Yeah? So instead of having a 
like a safe pouch, like from your profession, what if you gather more? So instead of gathering one herb, you're now gathering two or three herbs. So it's now making Ooh, it faster. Right. So therefore you can, instead of, so technically you're doing a 30 minute run in 10 minutes because you're gathering more of it. Right. That's, that's a, so that way oof. that can mitigate loss without, you know what I mean? That, that it, could fix it. I mean, it, it would if, I mean, if you're going to lose a percentage, but you're gaining a higher percentage as, as well, then that sort of nullifies it. But obviously the risk there still would be if you get ganked one time, right. By somebody and you, you know, choose to like maybe go back to try to get them back versus uh, potentially just like getting out of there, cutting your losses now, then the risk is still like, well, now I could lose more. And maybe that level of protection from gaining more isn't really as useful now. But like, if you're like a novice, like a novice at at that gathering profession. Yeah. And it would take you 30 minutes to gather that, and then you get killed. You'd be like, man, that sucks, because that mm-hmm. was 30, 30 minutes of my time. But if you're a, 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 a not master, but one below it, and now you've got that same amount of materials in 10 minutes, you're like, oh, that was only 10 minutes. I can go out there and gather that again. True. Because you you can gather that same amount in a short, small, small amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's not as much of a bummer that's what I was getting at before. Flexibility. Of, for flexibility, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Definitely think it gives you a lot more flexibility. I don't know. What do you think about that, Defazel? I mean, at least I would like to know of the gathering class systems. Like, what type of systems would they initially have? Because we're, we're, we're just putting the possibilities of a low ranking gatherer, mm. but we don't know what the potentials are of that said gatherer and how pro how pro it can be. Like he could mine a node in an instant mm. or he could take thirty minutes to hours. Right. We don't know. And the quantity is that we don't know as well. Like if 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 it takes him a very little time to mine a node, he can bounce away mm-hmm. very quick before he can get, get ganked so right uh, i don't know what mechanics are gonna be the thing yeah that's it's very thing. curious like, if, you're there, if you're out there for half an hour that's great that's not being safe if you're going to be yeah, greedy you're gonna, you could suffer like that's that's just the way it is it's very yeah, true that's that, and it goes back to meaningful conflict, right? Risk versus reward, like making making good choices. You know, maybe not letting greed get the best of you in situations like this, for example. You don't um, need to fill your whole your all your bags full of loot. You just take what you want. Oh, you know, that's uh, that's something I'm gonna have to really like live by as well. I think I'm gonna have to be very mindful about that. I have a tendency to try to stack it as deep as I can. Now people are gonna be like, "Oh, great!" So if I kill Sim. Maybe not. Have you seen, have you seen Elder Scrolls Sims Bank? Oh my gosh, dude. God, damn, that shit is Dude, I try so hard. Is it not sorted? No, it's it's no. sorted. It's just that there's like a lot to still I need to make some decisions about what I want to delete and break down. I mean, there's so many to be fair, the problem is is there's so many damn sets in that game, right? As a theory crafter, I don't want to get rid of it and waste it, especially if I got a good attribute on it, whatever. What 
or trait. What, Faisal? It's true, man. It's true. I've played the game since like the beginning. Okay, it's hard. Orders, orders, ashes edition. Oh no, I. It's. It's not that I want to have all that stuff there. It's that he's talking. Sim is uh, talking about the beginning of the game. I'll go inside this bank, find the beginning stick that people practice with. It might be a point. I, I could most probably find that. It's probably. It's got sentimental value. If not in ESO, probably later. in WoW. Yeah, what? <laughs> Has sentimental value. It's like, dude, I swear, I don't want. I don't want it to be like this, right? Hoarders. Can't let go, or no wait, hold on. Hoarders can't let go. They they don't want it to change. I want it to change, but it's cost benefit analysis of how much time I've got to change it in the moment. That's the problem. And the taking fact, too many the breaks. Fact, what the the fact that you said cost benefit analysis <laughs> in, in your in your own items that you've collected. No, no, is no. Enough to tell me how much of a hoarder you are. <laughs> It's not, damn it, my, my, my bag space is, look, in World of Warcraft, my bags on hand are bad, but it's not because I want it. I have three different sets and trinkets on hand, okay? I don't play that game anymore, but I digress. That's, that's kind of my point here. It's not going to be a guild bag, it's going to be a Sims bank. He's going to use all the slots. At, at this point, I will have he needs a dedicated slots. server. <laughs> God, dude. I don't know, man. Is it really a... I don't really feel like I have much of an argument here. I have there's too many people in chat that are just going to advocate for what you guys are saying, so I'm just going to leave it alone and put it there. <laughs> it's not a tr it's not a true acknowledgement of fact. Um, I'm just saying you might have some merit. I'm just saying also it's it's things aren't always what they appear to be. Okay, sometimes they are. For example, it's a clusterfuck in that bag space. Okay, but it doesn't mean. Okay, I'm just going to leave this alone. That's the end of this. This is, uh, I think this is a good place for us to sort of wind this one down today. What do you all think? Um, we don't have any other discussions for today. Faisal's getting kind of low. Armored Cell's smiling way too much. It's a little creepy cult vibes going on over there. It's like Always he's... Good times. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got something on the agenda. We're going we're gonna to stay tuned for the Pathfinder post-show, as we usually do here. And with that being said, gentlemen, we've got... We've got a hell of a live stream coming up, right? Because we've got the development live stream this Friday again. Like I said, it's the 30th of September at 11 a.m. Pacific, right? Make sure you get your questions in on the forums by Wednesday, the 28th, 11 a.m. Pacific, friends. And with that being said, we're going to wind this down. Be sure to join us for the uh, Ashes post show next or this coming Friday after their dev live stream is concluded. I have a feeling it's going to be lit. Right. I've also started cataloging the Ashes post shows here on Twitch. We've got there's a whole collection for the post shows now. You can go check them out. We've got July and August. We'll have September's going up there and we'll keep collecting them along the way. Friends, we're going to let our friends here on the show shout out their domains and where you can find them when they're not on this show. Armored Cell. You can find me on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Armored Cell or you can find me on our uh, Knights of the Phoenix uh, Discord server, which is Simorgs, uh, at which I'll let Simorg do it when he's Discord.gg forward slash Simorg. There, there you go. There you go. Mm. I can't remember it. I'm sorry. It's all right. I will get there. <laughs> and Faisal. You guys can find me on Twitter as Bagel108 and on 
Twitch as Faisal108. And friends, we might be reaching the end of today's show, but as always, in closing, right, whether you watch us here live on Twitch, whether you watch live on YouTube, well, not live, but the VODs on YouTube, uh, or listen to this podcast in the podcast places, driving, whatever the case might be, remember, you don't have to be on the roundtable here to be a Pathfinder. You are literally a Pathfinder. All of you that listen, that contribute in the comments, that join us live Right. So much love to all of you. Much love to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, live your best lives. Walk in the light, friends. Have a great night. We're going to see you again real soon. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Good one.